Hi, this is Shannon, and I want to talk to you about my pillow because trust me, I have one of everything. Good news, Mike Lindell is back with his quality products with big discounts for listeners of the show. Go to mypillow.com/regularjoe or call 1-800-648-3665 promo code regularjoe. My pillow is having their big 20th anniversary sale on limited edition my pillows with prices as low as 19.95 for the queen size pillow. I love the my pillow all season slippers. Right now they have the lowest price ever with just $25 with the promo code REGULARJOE. They're easy to clean, hand-sewn moccasin design, made to wear year-round in all climates. And right now they're having the biggest bed sheet sale ever with the Giza Dream Sheet set, as low as $29.98 with promo code REGULARJOE. These sheets come in nine solid colors and four flannel colors. 400 thread count sizing from Twin to California King. They're all machine washable and durable and come with a 10-year warranty. Visit MyPillow.com slash REGULARJOE or call 1-800-648-3665 promo code regular joe that's 1-800-648-3665 promo code regular joe Hello and welcome, Joe Giganti, your regular Joe with you on this Monday. You, of course, can always be a part of the conversation. 888-737-1737-888-737-1737. As you know, we normally start each hour with the good news. I decide to keep the good news here uh, to this third segment, bottom of the hour, here in hour number one in the form of a special guest. Saban Howard is joining me, a master sculptor. Uh, who's been, who has coming forward here, I think in June, will be unveiling a new centerpiece to the National World War I Memorial in Washington, D.C. And I did, when I was reading about it and learning about what he's doing, to me, this is uplifting. Uh, and we need that. Trust me, on a day like today, no pressure for you at all, Saban, but you've got to be my good news because I started, I started the Monday off oh, yeah. a little frustrated with some of the things going on in the world. Uh, but welcome to the show. I appreciate you joining us here. Thank you, Joe. I'm really thrilled to be on and share this with the people. I, I was looking at, first of all, you're amazing. I mean, I was just looking at your work, and it reminded me, because I, I saw that uh, it said you grew up in New York City, but also in, in Torino, Italy, kind of an inter- interesting mix of, of, of locales to grow up in. I've made one trip in my life. Uh, I was in, in uh, Rome for a business trip, but got to take in the local sites and one of the things that struck me was the amazing sculpturing and, and artwork that was just anywhere. We were on this walking tour within a half mile of our, our hotel. We were in some side street in some small church, although all the small churches there look like cathedrals. But uh, And there was this beautiful sculpture that looked like an imitation of the Pieta. And our tour guide explained to us that, in fact, it wasn't an imitation, but it was an early version of it from the creator and what amazed me is it just sitting in this random church and all they did they only had ropes around it there was no glass there's no you know laser security or anything and i when i saw you you lived in italy i'm like no wonder he's got this amazing talent for sculpting because i mean it's everywhere there just you you kind of soak it in when you're in italy yeah i'm really i'm thrilled about it up because look what we're doing with this project it's a absolute miracle it's a 60 foot long bronze wall with 38 figures 
that tells a, a story of a, a soldier that leaves his home, his family, his wife and his daughter, and enters into battle and, is, and exits that battle completely transformed, changed, then returns home to hand his daughter, uh, the next generation, uh, his helmet, which is World War II. And this is really an allegory for the United States and, and what we went through because we were an agrarian nation and then all of a sudden we get thrust into this and we become an industrial superpower. And I, I made a sculpture that elevates and it's heroic, and there's nothing ironic here. It just speaks well of our country, and it plays forward exactly what you said, that, you know, Greco-Roman, uh, Italian Renaissance tradition. And I like to think of this as this is the new American Renaissance. I am going to bring this type of art to this country, and we're going to make, make art that people are actually going to be interested in. Uh, not to run on too long, but I see this as a problem because – People don't pay attention to art, and why the hell would you pay attention to art when most of it out there is garbage? Yeah. And it's time to like, it's time to change things at this point and move forward. Well, you know, it, it's interesting you say that because I mean, and, and everyone's heard the stories throughout the years. I've covered them in talk radio. You know, you have these these government funded art projects, and it's you know a crucifix and a jar of urine, and these and, and they say, look, it's yeah. it's artwork, and and it, it, you know, so much of of our modern society. We've taken guardrails off to our detriment in the sense that anything can be art, right? Anything can be it, but yet it can't. I mean, not that you limit creativity, but there there are definitions of what art is. I mean, art first and foremost is it elevates. It's supposed to art shouldn't make you feel dirty or bad. It's not meant to depress. I mean, true art. This is the I mean, the old saying with music, you know, mu music soothes. The Savage Breast is the original. I mean, it's been changed the years to Savage Beast, but the idea that music touches your heart and it makes, again, it's supposed to lift your heart into a positive way because that's, again, a form of beautiful art. And in, in your sculpting, which, by the way, I mentioned the Pieta, you're one of the, they call you America's Michelangelo, so kind of a, a great, great comparison. But the same is true with, with art, even if it's, I mean, this, and I've seen some of the pictures, I mean, the details, amazing. And yeah, you're depicting something in war. War is not necessarily beautiful or uplifting, but yet what you capture, it's the uplift of, of capturing that spot in history, that moment, so that we continue to know the true history of how we got to where we are today, what freedoms, you know, what things were done to secure and maintain freedom. Yeah, that's a whole concept that you bring up is sacredness. And it, it, and this is really ironic because, okay, I'm, I, we made this sculpture and it will be unveiled on September 13th at, at Pershing Park this year. This sculpture returns back to the way art was prior to World War One. I. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that 22 million people are destroyed, killed in World War One, and there's this definition of the universe that completely changes. It's transformation of how we see ourselves. As humans, it's like there's no longer this unity, this divine order that, or, that or regulates the universe. It goes into a sense of chaos, of alienation, and of separateness, that we are not connected. And it, it begins this, this, you destroy the sacred, and you start to divide everything up into, in, into sections. And what I'm saying is with this sculpture, we're going to return back to that same idea that the universe is designed by divine force 
And and if you and the reason I'm saying that is because I sculpt from life. I look at live models, and these live models were dressed in uniforms from World War One. I. I actually found photographs in some of those pockets of the the soldiers that that went into battle, and those photographs remained in those jackets. We use those jackets with models and sculpted from them. So we're doing something superhuman. There's there's this is an elevation of what we are, uh, uh, the species of humanity. And it speaks well of us. It's about our potential. And so I, I am saying no to the way the art world has taken over and run amok with just like making things that are ridiculously stupid and, and, and have very little meaning. And I'm saying make something sacred again. And that means what is the definition of sacred? It means that you believe in something larger than yourself. And it, it returns us to the ideology that we are all connected. And if, if you look at it, we all bleed the same color. It's red. Mm-hmm. And when these soldiers went into battle, when, the, when, the, when a hundred, these uh, 4.5 million Americans joined forces to go overseas, most of these kids, because they were kids, most of them were 17 years old. They weren't Republicans. They, were, they weren't Democrats. They were Americans. Yes. And that's what I'm saying. We need to return to that ideology. Enough with the nonsense, and let's proceed. Absolutely. I just want, we're talking with Saban Howard, uh, known as America's Michelangelo. He is the sculptor behind A Soldier's Journey, which is the centerpiece of uh, that's going to be unveiled in September of this year in General Pershing Park on General Pershing's birthday. You've got kind of a heavy hitter uh, that's one of the spokesmen for the memorials, Kelsey Grammer. Uh, not, I mean, kind of a household name. That's kind of that's awesome. It's a 60-foot-long, 10-foot-high sculpture that I, I mean again the pictures are amazing people can learn more uh, i think you have the pictures up at your website right sabin howard which is s-a-b-i-n howard traditional h-o-w-a-r-d sabinhoward.com if you want to learn more about it but just an amazing effort and i love what you're saying again about the idea of the you know the sacred something greater than ourselves that the idea of the uplift and at the same time honoring the past i think it's really now, again, I don't please don't take this comparison. But one of the one of the artists, more modern artists that I'm aware of that I think just does phenomenal work is a guy named Alex Ross. I don't know if if you're familiar with him, but he does the same. Now he doesn't sculpt. He does, you know, drawings, paintings, those kind of things. Uh, but he does the same thing where he he brings to life a literary char- characters. Uh, but he he brings in models, you know, that are that are built like the character is supposed to be. Puts them in the costuming that they would wear and creates them from that. And it again, you see the difference, right? The the the, the human nature of it, the the accuracy of it. It is just an amazing way to do this. And I mean, so one of my questions I've always wanted to ask a sculptor because I look at it. I at one time was a, an advertising design major, so I used to do a lot of freehand drawing. I was good at it until until I had to do it on deadline. Then it, it wasn't fun for me anymore. But uh, <laughs> but sculpting has never been something I've been good at. And it, for me, it's the perspective in the sense I know when I go to draw, you know, I, I can draw a human being on paper and I can kind of, you know, I have a sense of of the the, the width and the length and everything else. I find this amazing, particularly when you're you're sculpting out of a bigger block, that kind of thing. How do, is there a measurement system, or is this is this just part of that innate gift that you that you've been given that you know how to do it? I've I've always wondered how you kind of get there, you know, especially when you see something as large as this. Uh, that's an awesome question. Thank you. Uh, I I got 
really lucky. I, I, when I started making art, I was 19. I started at zero. Complete donut. I could not draw. My, my, my ex-girlfriend back then said, you're not going to get into art school. I draw better than you. And she actually did. Uh, the reason that I got to where I am is my education. And it, I, this is the luck of, of somebody, you know, someone else putting me in the right place at the right time. I was in Philadelphia. I quit as an ant, uh, doing cabinet making out in South Philly after four days. And I go to the art school and I ask them if, if I could enter the art school. And the lady says, well, you need to have a portfolio. And I said, what's a portfolio? So I didn't <laughs> even know. And she, and she directs me um, after conversation. She goes, go buy this book, Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain. I go buy the book. I get another construction working job, and I start drawing every night from like uh, 5 o'clock to 8 o'clock at night. And after uh, three months, I go back with 90 drawings because I drew every day. Um, it was in, the, the most difficult thing I had ever done. I, I, uh, I want to make the analogy. It's like almost somebody who's been paralyzed that has to get up out of a wheelchair and, and start walking. Your brain has to like – you have to talk yourself through because you're using a different part of your brain to perceive reality, but anybody can draw. Now, the next lesson really is really good at teachers, because the teachers that I had on information to me about how to look, and your perception of what you see is driven by your education, and that's your belief system, and it came out of the Renaissance. So the, there were proportions to the human body, there was anatomy that was taught to us so that we could look and analyze and deduct what we saw. And it was a two-pronged thing where we, we got these armatures that we would build. The armatures were like what we put the clay on. And what we did is we built a skeleton using like masses, like cubes. Mm -hmm. And those cubes would move into space and they would be tilted into space exactly like the human body. So what you're doing is you're looking at it through the lens of a scientific knowledge. Hmm. So every joint of the body does a specific movement. So I mean, rotation, abduction, adduction, inversion, eversion. So you analyze what you're looking at, and it's mathematical to a point. And then you start to put these organic elements into play, which are the muscles, and the muscles spiral over the body, and they have this like energy that moves from one plane to another. So then you have another group of um, construction with, between the architecture of the skeleton and the orga organic you're doing something that's incredibly complicated but you, it, and, it, and it, it's stemming from nature because you're looking at human beings to make your art so I'm seeing things that you normally wouldn't see as a lay person because I'm, I, I'm educated to look for those things and they're really subtle mm. Well, that's, that's I, the beauty of it. Well, yeah. this, this, I, I was just going to say, I could talk to you for hours about it. The good news is we're doing the VIP Backstage Soundcheck podcast today after the show where we will get to dig, dig in even deeper because I find what you're describing as fascinating. Truly, uh, looking at some of these pictures, and again, we'll post them when we put the podcast up. One of the things I think is amazing, right to your description, is you see... When you look at it, you feel motion, which again, that, not just emotion, but literally you feel the motion that these soldiers are in. And one of the things I want to explore when we have you on the podcast later today is it said that you were asked to make a war memorial 
but that what you actually made was a healing memorial. I want to dig into that. I'm talking to Sabin Howard. He is America's Michelangelo, a master sculptor who has created a soldier's journey, the centerpiece for the National World War I Memorial that will be unveiled in September of this year. We want to have him on this morning as part of our good news, give you a teaser of what we're going to talk about in the VIP today. Sabin, I appreciate it. We, we, I look forward to this conversation. It's going to be awesome. You are a fascinating man, amazingly talented, and I appreciate you you being on the show with us much appreciated we'll talk, talk to you a little indeed you can learn more in the meantime go to sabinhoward.com s-a-b-i-n howard.com you can see the pictures uh, again the event's gonna be september 13th in washington in pershing park it's actually general pershing's birthday kelsey Grammer, one of the spokesmen for this effort the regular joe radio show